spouses, are you accountable to your spouse? You better believe it, right? There's responsibilities that we have. There's trust. There's accountability inside of every relationship that we have. How about teams? Sporting teams, right? Basketball, volleyball, whatever it may be, right? There's accountability that we have to each one of our teammates. Well, the same goes for church. We have accountability inside of this body of believers, and that's one of the things that we're going to touch on today. How about a bank? Does a bank have accountability? You better believe it, right? So we trust in them to take care of the money that we put in the bank, and they're responsible or accountable to us to make sure it's there when we go to take it out. What happens when we go to the bank and it's not there to take it out? doesn't go over very well, right? So again, there's accountability everywhere that we look. So today we're going to really dive into three main areas. We're going to dive into being accountable to ourselves, to others, and ultimately to God. So let's take, take a look at this. How many of you set up some fitness goals, some health goals here at the beginning of the year? Raise your hand up if you have. A lot of us have. Great. Um, how many of you feel like on your own you've kind of held yourself accountable um, to those goals, to that daily ritual, routine, uh, working out, eating healthy. Give me a hand up if you feel like you have. Cool. Um, how many of you are like half hand up? Like maybe like right in here, like you've done better than you have, right? But you're still kind of not quite there. That's kind of where I'm at, you know. Um, but we are all accountable back to ourselves. And I think that's the first element is we have to really be straight with ourselves. You, you've heard me say do a, a check from the neck up, right? How many of you at times have to hit that reset button? And I say that a lot because I hit it a lot. I have to hit that reset button a lot to make sure that I'm doing the right things that I say that I'm going to do. What does the Bible say about accountability back to ourselves? Let's take a look at 1 Timothy 4, 7. It says this, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. So discipline yourself. And is that in green up there? Is it underlined? Darn it. It should have been. That's all right. Well, it is on my sheet, so just imagine it up there. So discipline yourself to what? To stay spiritually fit. But there's also other elements inside of disciplining yourself inside of those daily habits, rituals, and routines. What happens whenever we have a daily habit of some sort that we do day in and day out? What happens to us? First core value hits. Transformation occurs. Whatever it is that you're shooting for, that's what begins to happen inside of you. Why is that? Because that is your new standard. That's your new ritual. That's your new habit, your new routine. If I were to bring John Prude up here, and there's several names that I could have mentioned, but if I brought John up here and said, hey, John, tell me what your daily habits and rituals and routines look like today versus where they were two years ago. Do you think they'd be a little bit different than what they are today? Yeah, I think so. And look at the transformation that's happened inside of, of John's life. So again, just one example of literally hundreds here this morning, that it must be what we do to discipline ourselves day in and day out. And that's where transformation occurs and where we hold ourselves accountable. Let's go on into 1 Timothy and let's look at 4.16. It says, pay close attention to yourself. And on my slide, that's highlighted and underlined. To yourself. Concentrate on your personal development and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and underlined in mine is for those who hear you. And you may not be standing up here on a Sunday morning giving a message, but we are a walking message every single week. Do you agree with that? Everywhere we go, inside of our schools, wherever it may be. 
And inside of accountability, what happens, we're going to talk about it in a more detail in just a minute. But whenever we profess to be believers in Jesus Christ, we're putting ourselves out there, right? So now we're walking around as believers in Christ, so we're being held accountable as to what we say and how we act and what we do around people, right? Am I right or am I wrong? How many times have you been in that place where you've said, hey, I'm a believer in Christ, went to church Sunday, I'm doing all this, all this, and then you go tell somebody off or you do something that's not so kind to somebody? Is that a good representation of who Jesus wants us to be? Absolutely not, right? So we are that walking image. So again, we got to discipline ourselves. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to make sure that we're staying spiritually fit day in and day out so that we can be a good representation of who Jesus is. Because again, and there was something on Facebook this week, I think it was a, maybe a coach or a player or something that is a, a, a believer in Jesus Christ, but said a few things that just weren't very Jesus-like. And unfortunately, now it's kind of taken his image a little bit different direction. And again, we all have a platform. We may not be a professional athlete, but guess what? We have a platform inside of our workplaces. I said it, our teams, um, schools, wherever it may be. So again, discipline yourself. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight says this. It says, but let a man examine himself. Examine himself. How many of you did that? January 1, maybe December 25th, January 5th, right? Did you kind of, we need to examine ourselves. And guess what? If you need to examine yourself every day for six days in a row, seven days in a row, a month, then do it. Because one of the most powerful things is a transformed mind, okay? So examine yourself, understand yourself. Where are your shortfalls? What's the Holy Spirit been telling you? Right? We talked about transformation and relationships the last couple weeks. Inside of that message is simply, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? What are you doing? How are you reacting to that? Are you examining yourself? I tell you right now, it's easier to examine other people around us, isn't it, than ourselves? How many of us are really good at examining other people? Yeah, right? Yeah, there's more than that. Sinning is a lie, or lying is a sinning, right? Is a sinning. Is it like transportation and transformation, right? We don't always say the right words up here, right? But seriously, we have to examine ourselves. If you don't examine yourself, are you going to get any better? Athletes. How many athletes are in the room? Raise your hand. Young and old athletes. Young and old athletes. Young, nice. Jay, I'm with you. Wayne, I got you, brother. Yep, okay. Yep. How do you get better? Practice. You examine your skill sets, right? So if you need to set the ball better, you need to spike the ball better, you need to dunk a little bit better. I don't know, any of you can dunk? Josiah, can you dunk yet? Not yet? It's coming. Anybody else? Can you dunk? I, I can't. I can get the net, right? But my point is, is you examine yourself, right? You figure out what skill sets do I need to improve, and then you work on those things. You get better at those things. Uh, cutting hair, another example, right? Are you good at cutting hair, Heather? Would everybody in here agree with that? Okay. Humility, I think they would. My point is, you're not going to come to me for a haircut, are you? No, you're going to go to Heather. Why? Because she's been practicing. She knows how to do it. She's got skills set in that. She's examined herself. She continues to improve at that. You get what I'm saying? Inside of our spiritual walk, if you did a quick snapshot right now on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you be? And don't shout it out. One being, you know what, I'm not putting the time in. I'm not building, I'm not working on the relationship with Christ. And ten being, you know what, I'm in, I'm in the Word every day. 
I'm dialed in. I'm in a small group. I got an accountability partner in my life. You know, that's maybe you're a 10. If you're somewhere in the middle, examine that piece and just be like, okay, well, maybe you don't jump from a 6 to a 10, but you jump from a 6 to a 7 by putting in a little more time and examining yourself. Make sense? Pretty practical. Today's about practical application. All right, let's move on. Galatians 6.4 says, But each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behaviors. And that middle one down there at the bottom, hey, that one, is that one highlighted? Sweet. I think I put these in. I was going to blame it on somebody else. Eric's shaking his head. Yep, you put them in. All right. I should have underlined attitudes on this one because I think attitudes is really, really critical. Attitudes, um, I always look at attitude as a gratitude, right? And there's a saying around that. But the more grateful you are for all of God's blessings in your life, the better attitude you're going to have. Why? Because you have a positive mindset. One of the things that we always talk about is attitudes. If you want to have a positive impact on somebody and you're smiling, you got an upbeat attitude, I'm telling you, it'll change your life and those that are around you. All right, Lamentations 3, 4 says this, let us test and examine our ways. Again, Guys, we have multiple, multiple confirmations of God's Word just saying, hey, you know what? Check yourself, right? Examine your spell, yourself uh, spiritually, and then going back, you know, our bodies of the temple, we must take care of ourselves. I want to read a quote to you that's pretty cool. It goes back to kind of judging others. It says, when people are right with God, they are apt to be hard on themselves and not on other people. But when they are not right with God, they are easy on themselves and hard on others. Would you agree with that? And that, uh, that's not really a blanket statement, but it is something that um, I think for the masses is probably more true than false. And I would say that's probably um, where I've been in the past. Um, I, I, and this is, I guess, a confession. I don't know it's really a bad thing, but I'm a people watcher. Like, I love watching people. We were at TGI Fridays the other night, and, and I'm looking over Mia's shoulder, and she's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, there's people back there. I'm just watching them. She's like, I don't think she said it, but she's thinking, well, they're just eating, Dad. I know, but I'm just interested. I'm watching, right? So I'm not critical of those people, but I'm a people watcher. Well, you rewind 15 years ago, somebody walks into a restaurant that may not look the same. Maybe they got a little bit different style about them. I don't know. Maybe did I judge them a little bit more than I do today? Yeah, I'd say so. So that's transformation. That's something that God's changing in my heart. Doesn't mean I was some horrible person back then, but it means that when I'm focused on examining myself and I'm looking inward, then I'm not going to be that judging towards others around me. All right, so let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to take a look at accountability. And before I start reading this, do you feel like you're a, you need to be accountable to the person sitting next to you as a body of Truth and Grace Fellowship. Do you feel that? Okay. Do you feel like you're a member of this body? I'm going to ask it again, just because I really want you to think about it. So we went through a membership class last week. Super cool. Um, it was probably one of the most moving membership classes that we've had. It really turned into kind of a uh, testimonial by many families. And it was... It was, pretty, it was pretty awesome. But inside of that, we have a membership covenant that talks about our responsibilities to the body. And so really think about that. Are you, and I'm not trying to convict anybody, and Kylie always tell me, tells me not to apologize sometimes for things I say, but I just want you to really think about this. 
Are you a committed member of Truth and Grace Fellowship? Do you feel like you're accountable back to this body of believers? And that's not for, for me to tell you or not. That's just simply a prayer to God. God, help me understand. You want me dialed in a little bit more? Where do you want me plugged in? Man, I love kids. Love to get plugged into kids' ministry. I'm big and strong. I want to help with setup. Whatever it may be. We're a mobile church. You all know that, right? We are mobile. We are on the move. We do have some offices, but we set this place up. Praise God every Sunday. But inside of every one of you is a gift, talent, or ability that could be utilized to glorify God. And setting up a chair on a Sunday morning may not seem like a big deal. But when a rear end sits in that seat that's not giving their life to Christ, and they come to an altar and they give their life to Christ that day, do you think it's worth setting up that seat? You better believe it. Right? Sometimes it just takes a different perspective to look at things. So as I read through 1 Corinthians, I want you to just reflect where you're at in regards to this church, and maybe this isn't your home church, maybe you're visiting today, so think about this to your home church. All right, so let's take a look, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 14, says this, yes, the body has many different parts, but just, but just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body was an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And let's stop there for a minute. Just think if we were an ear. Like if you look like an ear. I guess it would be normal because everybody would look like an ear. But think about that. Isn't that weird to think about? But God, I love it too. He's, I mean, God created us. We are absolute masterpieces. Do you, you know that as well, right? Everybody in here is a masterpiece, crafted exactly the way you are, right? But he's just saying, hey, I put everything right where it needed to go. Analogy time. Do you know you're right where you need to be inside of the body of God? Body of believers, look around you just real quick, Okay. It's easy to be obvious around a, a looking like an ear, right? That would mean that everybody in here is an ear. Or that would mean that everybody in here is a pastor. Or that would mean that everybody in here is the sound guy, right? Or that would mean that everybody in here is setup crew. My point is this. Each one of us have a part to play in glorifying God in the body of Christ. Amen? So those of you who have been going to church for a long time, you obviously see people that are dialed in, right? See people that are active inside of a community and a body. Most of those people's relationships with Christ are a very solid state because they're engaged, okay? And I feel like I just keep going back to this, and I don't know why, but I just want you to know we love you. We want you dialed in, right? Love each and every one. And you may be like, Josh, I'm not ready to be dialed in. Okay, that's cool too. And you may be like, hey, Josh, I, I'm in a bad place right now. I'm struggling. I don't even feel like I can make it out of bed of a morning. How on earth am I going to come there on a Sunday morning and help set up chairs? Man, that's okay. I'm glad you're here, right? So maybe that's the season of life you're in, right where you're at. And that's okay. Does that make sense? We love each and every one of you. And I just want you to know that God loves you more than we do. And he's got a plan for each and every one of you. All right, let's keep moving. Verse 21 says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. 
The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And I underline this entire next section. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And I want you to know that we are called to share each other's burdens. So if you're here this morning and you're going through something in your life, you're not alone. You may not have been raised in a family that was open and communicated and talked about things and you, you always held those things in and you've been walking that way your whole life. That's, that's not what God wants for you. God wants us, each and every one of us, connected to at least one other believer that can help us along this path. Because we live in a corrupted, sinful world and there's going to be some yucky stuff come along in your life. We are called to share each other's burdens. I say it all the time. There's two, three hundred people inside of this body that we're here to help you, help each other. And, and just so you know, when you're hurting, we're hurting. When you're hurting, God is hurting. You know why? Because when you give your life to Christ, you are a child of God. How much does it hurt our hearts to discipline our kiddos or to see a family member go through a hard time? Doesn't your heart just absolutely, it's crushed at times? Because that's love. And God's love, it's agape love. It's bigger and greater than anything. So don't walk through this life on your own. You are here to be a member, a serving, committed member of this body. But guess what? The season of life you're in right now, you may just need to be loved on. And that's good. Because we, we're good at loving. And we're going to love on you. All right? All right, let's take a look at James 5.16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And this kind of leads us into our next section is um, just talking about confessing our sins. Um, does, why do we resist having a, an accountability partner? Why, why do we do that? Why have you resisted having an accountability partner? There you go, right? You're like, well, I don't want to tell anybody because what happens when you tell somebody? You've told somebody. It's out, of, it's out, right? You've said it. I mean, most of you know that I struggled with smoking for 20 years. And uh, there's many times that I quit that nobody knew I quit because I didn't tell anybody. Just because if I failed, I, nobody knew, right? So again, once I began to confess that and be like, Hey, and Kylie would do it for me. The last, when I finally quit many, many years ago, I, I was smoking out in the front yard. We had people over, and um, these, these folks come up to me like, Josh, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. What are you doing? Kylie's like, well, she's out back. She just told everybody you're up here smoking. I'm like, oh, well then, I guess it's time to quit. Right? So my point is, is whenever you share whatever you're struggling with with other people, it's out. So do, do you want an accountability partner? Do you truly want to get better? And if you do, you need to have somebody you're teamed up with. 
If you don't, then don't tell anybody, right? But I'm encouraging this morning, if you want to see transformation in your life, you got to get out there. And here's a quote that I wrote down. A lot of times I'll hear this. Well, that's between me and God. It's nobody else's business. How many of you have heard that before, right? Right. And how many of you have said that before? Yes, same ones. Raise their hands again, right? So I just caught you. Did you catch that? And I was raising my hand too. But my point is, if you want to move forward, if you want to have somebody in your life that can help you along, guess what? God's probably going to put somebody in your life that's had the same struggles you have. And I got a couple brothers in the room right now that have been with me on my journey for a long, long time. And um, it's not by chance that, that we've had similar struggles. And um, there's been many times that I've made bad decisions. And there are guys that I can call and be like, all right, dude, yep, just messed up. And I just need to let somebody know. And uh, he grabbed my hand and we pray. And uh, there's times that he come to me and be like, hey, man, I messed up. Well, let's pray, brother. Right? Man, it's good. So my question to you is, do you have somebody in your life that you can be absolutely raw with? I'm talking raw. Like, not, you know, just all in. Do you have somebody? If you don't have somebody, there could very well be somebody in this room, or there could be somebody connected inside of your workplace, your family, wherever it may be, where you could have that person. Because I think each and every one of us needs that. If you try and take on this life all by yourself, without having somebody in your life that you can share with, it's going to be a challenge. The Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every one of us when we give our lives to Christ to guide us and to lead us. Guess what? That same Holy Spirit lives in that brother or sister that's going to be your accountability partner or is. So guess what? That Holy Spirit can speak to that person and speak into your life something you need to hear that day. Isn't that cool? may not even be on that person's mind, but God knows exactly what you need to hear. And he'll use that person to speak into your life. So when it comes to biblical accountability, I want to go through three slides. And this is like, so if you're the person that's, that you feel like you, you need some accountability in your life, you're going through some stuff and you feel like you need to be teamed up. And my goal, my, today my goal is not to team you up, just so you know, you're like, all right, where's this going? I'm, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll give that to God, right? And then he can work, work in his Holy Spirit to provide that. But let's say that you're the one that's struggling a bit and you need somebody to come alongside you. I want to read 1 Peter 5, 5. It says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. And that's underlined, clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And the reason that I underline those things is because in order to really see transformation, you have to be humble enough to admit your sin to admit that you're struggling. If you're proud, this thing's not going anywhere, right? If you're proud, you, I mean, and men, I know this is something we struggle with. Macho men, we got this covered. But until you humble, humble yourself, you're going to really struggle with hearing and receiving God's direction in your life. The next piece of this is let's look at it from the other side. Let's say that you're the person that, and how an accountability partner works over time is it goes both ways. It's holding each other accountable. But let's say in this example that you're the one that somebody's asked to hold, you know, you accountable. 
I want to read this verse. It says, it's in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It says, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So, restore him gently and carry each other's burdens. Get it? So again, and, and I, I know it's, isn't it simple? Like, I feel like some of you are asleep. I'm not used to being like this. Usually I'm a lot more active today, but for whatever reason. But anyways, isn't it simple? Do you think it's simple? Restore him gently, carry each other's burdens. So if you're the one and you get the phone call and you're like, hey, brother, man, I'm, man, I smoked again today. And the guy on the other end of the phone's like, you moron, what are you thinking? Come on, we had this conversation. Is that restoring him gently? No. You shouldn't call people names either, right? I'm trying to liven you guys up. Maybe I'm just going to get fired up in here in the next five minutes. We'll see what happens. But, you know, okay, so again, we have to restore him gently. We've got to come alongside him. We've got to know what they're going through. James 5.20 says this, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the air of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Again, we are going to fall down, down. There's times that we struggle, right? There's times that we fall back into an old sin. Well, guess what? If we got a brother that we can call and help us pull us out of that, that mud pit that we're in, we're not going to keep sinking. And if you have a common bond with that, that person that you're constantly having conversation with, they're there for you. They're not going to judge you. It's simply, again, being raw with each other to help us through this life. And then the next piece of this is just coming alongside to encourage each other. We're going to look at Hebrews 10. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. I love that. Towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the days approaching. Again, this kind of goes back to even our discipleship program, right? So it's designed so you're teamed up with somebody. So there's some accountability. There's some discipleship going along. Well, what happens when you don't spend time together? If you're not working together, you're not meeting together, is your relationship going to grow closer together? It's not. Same goes with God. If you put more time into God in that relationship, the tighter that you're going to be. But here's the trick inside of accountability and an accountability partners. really three things that have to happen. There's got to be trust. You've got to be able to relate to one another, and there's got to be a balance of truth and grace, right? The balance of truth and grace, I think, is absolutely critical. The, the example, of smoking example I gave a minute ago, you have, you, just because something's true doesn't mean you have to say it. Do you guys, have you, how long did it take you in your life to realize that? As me, it was probably mid-20s, like, oh, it's true, I can say it. Well, no, you shouldn't say everything that's true. But you got to have a balance. you got to come along somebody and speak truth in their life, but also have grace. Because did Jesus Christ have grace on us? Yeah. God's grace is unreal. The highest level ever. So we're called to hold our brothers and sisters accountable, but with truth and with grace. The other piece is talking about um, Satan's temptations. Okay. How many of you are tempted daily by Satan's trickery? Mm -hmm. 
Does he, wanna, does he want you to, to pull back in or fall back into that sin? You sure he does. If you've got an accountability partner with you, right, around you, somebody you can text, somebody you can call, whatever it may be, Satan doesn't have his claws in you. In you. you know why? Is because he knows you got somebody to go to, right? So let, let, me, let me think about this. Do you think that Satan knows when our marriages are struggling? Yeah, he does. And guess what? Inside of his trickery, inside of relationships, does he, does he begin to, to bring people around you that maybe you start to feel like, well, they may understand where I'm at. Maybe I should talk with them a little bit. Maybe I should have a cup of coffee with them. And where does that go? What started out as a simple argument at home leads to temptation, could lead to something totally different, right? So if you have an accountability partner that calls you or you have to call on the way home from work and the bars on the way home and you're struggling with alcoholism, you think that accountability partner is a good thing to have? You better believe it. Because what can happen when you pull into that place? Your life can change. Do you realize that? I'm not talking about just there. Your life can change. We are ultimately the sum total of the decisions that we've made to this point in our life. We are all held accountable to ourselves, to an accountability partner, and ultimately to God. So I want to close on that. So praise and worship come up. I really want you to think, guys, I know it's not, wait till encouragement comes. I get really excited around encouraging. I know accountability is not really a, a super fun topic. But if you want to see transformation in your life, if you want to see your relationships go to a new level, if you want to see your character grow in a godly manner, if you want to see encouragement in your life, accountability is the center, a huge part of what you're doing each day, day in and day out. So I want to read this verse to you. Go ahead and skip to the last verse, Romans 14, 12, if you would. It says, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So we are accountable to ourselves, other people, and ultimately to God. You, you don't have to tell any, you don't have to have an accountability partner. But do you realize each and every one of you have a built-in accountability partner? It's called the Holy Spirit, right? The conviction that you feel when something happens in your life or you make a bad choice, do you realize that's what's going on inside of you? That accountability partner is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ died for each and every one of us. Because of the grace and mercy that God had on us. But to live inside of us. To guide us and lead us. Guess what? We're all going to. We're going home at some point. Right? To enter the heavenly realm. Is, is, it's just magnificent to think about. But guess what? God's with us right now. He's there to help us. To guide us. And lead us. So here's my challenge walking away from today, and you all can stand, is I want you to look around, and maybe it's not somebody in this room, but do you have somebody that you can lean on? Do you? Do you got somebody in your life that you can be raw with? Are you, do you have somebody in your life that can, that can call up a scripture and, and talk with you about maybe what that means? 
you have somebody in your life that's maybe not blood, but you love them like a brother or a sister. If you don't have that person, God didn't call us to do this alone. You got a huge support group around you. So as we sing, you know that these altars are always open. And if you want somebody to come alongside and pray with you, and it could be praying over God putting somebody in your life for accountability, it could be that you're struggling. Maybe that this past week was the hardest week of your life. Maybe you've gone through something that's just been extraordinary, painful. And you need us to pray with you, come over here to your right-hand side. If you want to be left alone and just some time with you and God, come over here to the left. And here's the other thing. Don't forget that we don't want you to walk out of here today if you've not given your life to Jesus Christ. We want to have that conversation with you. Maybe you felt the Holy Spirit urging you. And maybe today is the day that you make that decision. Just grab my hand and I'll pray with you. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and thank you. God, I pray for each heart that's here, God, you would begin to bring that accountability, God, that your transformation, your Holy Spirit would just continue to work in our lives, God, and that your love would absolutely overwhelm us. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name.